Hey there, everybody. Nice to see you. Good to be back. My name is Dean. Lachlan's back today. Couldn't be happier about it. Oh, the locker. Oh, the locker's back. I'm not prepared. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. What are you talking about? We have no notes. Like you've ever We have no direction. Yeah, you never make notes. I make a ton of notes. I'm a note guy. Yeah. I see you with a pen sometimes when we're on this podcast. I'm fortunate enough to be on your radio show in Edmonton at 957 Cruise FM in Edmonton. Never see your notes. I don't even know if you take them. So the very idea that you started this podcast by saying I'm not prepped I'm not prepared. I don't notes, <laughs> then we should be fucking perfect today because you've never come to the show with notes. I uh, I quite often rely heavily on you with this podcast on what we're going to be talking about. And the only thing I know is that you're upset that someone stood next to you at a urinal. Yeah, yeah, not happy about it. We're going to talk yeah. urinal etiquette today. We're also going to talk about uh, a couple of other things, if not just urinal etiquette. We're going to deal with a few different mm-hmm. items today. Let me just consult my handy-dandy notebook. What do we got? Oh, uh, Toronto, no fun city. We're going to talk about tobogganing and ball hockey. That's not allowed in my shithole city, by the way. Yeah, ball hockey is now, but not tobogganing. So we're going to get to that coming up in a minute. We're also going to get to um, my airport urinal story, which really bothered me. Like, really bothered me. It's one of those, like, little things that I have. You know when it's like, everybody's got a thing. Standing next to some guy at a urinal... When there are plenty yeah, well, of other free urinals let, open, let, it's a problem. Let, it's a thing. I, I know. Listen, let's just make sure we get this out and air this out right at the front of this conversation. What's that? You're not allowed to just have this thing. I've been doing this a, for a long time with you. This isn't just your one thing. You've My got a lot of. You've got lots of things. Name another one. I'm gonna have to think about that for a minute, but. <laughs> I seem to recall you having you. Oh yeah. You won't let anybody touch your bum hole. No, no, no one can touch my bung piece. That's a thing. I hate it. I hate it. Like even the other day, my girlfriend and I are coming in the house and she's like trying to poke me in the bung piece. And I'm like, seriously, we're getting separated. If you touch me again there, I can't handle it. I got wedgied in the 10th grade. I hate it. I don't like hair in the, in the bathroom. Hair. That's another one. Okay. I, I never really started a list. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You are disgusted by hair in general, which is weird because Super you're fucking grossed out by hair. Yeah. 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 Especially okay. hair in the bathroom drain. Like if you know the shower at the end of like a month, everybody that's been in a relationship or lived with a significant other that has longer hair, there's this cruddy, jizzy, crusty, matted ball of gooey hair. Ugh, I don't want to puke when I even talk about it. You know what my wife does i got she's gonna kill me if she ever finds out i talked about this but yeah do it no one will ever hear it so she um when she washes her hair yeah and she's got longer hair than i do right i guess she has hair you don't that's i don't have hair it's not so she'll she has longer hair this doesn't this doesn't bother me i just it's been going on for so long most of my 
adult life because I've been with her since like, well, I've lived with her more like longer than I have been on my own. I've lived with my wife. And so she will take, if, if she gets some hair in her hand, she'll take it, combine it and stick it on the shower wall. I, I guess maybe in an attempt to um, keep it from going down the drain and every once in a while I'll see it and I'll go, oh, okay, that's, that's like uh and it's not, it's not like a ton of hair. It's just like four, five, six strands, but it'll be on the, on the you shower wall. A ball and then no, she just sort of clumps it. And I guess maybe if it comes out in her fingers, she like she puts it on the shower wall for you. She leaves it there for you. I don't think it's a present. I'm Stop sure it's not it. a gift. <laughs> oh my God. You. Okay. Just yeah. knowing how you, you're a germ freak and you're a bit of a clean freak at, like I am very much. Yeah. So I work with a complete animal. Uh, um, Jimmy. Jimmy. It, I've ex- often explained Jimmy this way to people. This is the little person you work with that has the shape of his feet stained into the shower. Uh, because he doesn't clean a shower. Is it the same guy? Okay. Got but it. it, his apartment, Dean, is, it is, he does not clean. Like, it is mortifying. And there is a. You walk into where you're like this. When you walk in, you got that shit face. Like, oh, what is that smell? Okay. I got to, I'll tell this story. Okay. Right. So we know a guy that did three tours in Afghanistan and has since retired. And he lives with a friend of ours and he's a bit of an enigma. He's a strange dude. And he's seen some things in his life, like seen some serious shit in his life. And he worked for, did you ever see the hurt locker? Yeah. 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 Dude. One of the greatest movies ever made. There's I love that movie. movie where Jeremy Renner standing in a cereal aisle going, get me back to suicide alley in Baghdad. One of the greatest so, scenes in any movie. So he was a version of that Yeah, in Afghanistan for the Canadian military. Like he ran a group of guys that would go in and if like there was a call, there's like, you know, there's bombs in this area or whatever. Munitions. He was a munitions yeah. expert. Yeah. Yes. And, and uh, quite high up in the military from what I understand, doesn't yeah. talk about it much, but, but he um, went to Jimmy's apartment to help move something like a couch that they gave Jimmy. And he, to this day, if you run into him and you're with Jimmy, cannot stop talking about how awful Jimmy's apartment is. This guy went to war three times and has PTSD from being in Jimmy's apartment to drop off a couch. He'll be like, have you been in there? Like the smell. And this is what what will happen with me when I go to his place, because occasionally I'll have to drop something off. I'll do a Costco run for him, whatever. And he doesn't want me to go in the apartment, but I'm like, just open the damn door. I'll just put it in the, in the, in the, in the coat room. Like, just let me in. I'll drop it off. And then when we'll, we'll always have a beer, we have patio beers, but we have it outside on the back deck of his apartment building. We yeah, call his apartment, the den- apartment and drink and feel comfortable. At all, I right? can't sit yeah, in yeah. his apartment. No. Um, it is that disgusting. And so the last time was, I think it was last weekend. And I dropped off this box of stuff we had at work that a listener gave him. It's a bunch of nerd books and comic books and stuff like that. When his son passed away, he dropped it off for Jimmy because Jimmy's a nerd and he has a connection with. So I said to Jimmy, we got to get this to the apartment. Let's get it. There's a huge box of stuff. 
So I drop it off and I open the door and I put it down and I'm like, oh my God, shut the door. I go, I have a beer. The smell stuck with me. So all week last week, when he came in the, when he came into the control room and the door would shut, I would, I would spray his stuff with Febreze because as soon as I saw him, it would trigger the memory of the smell. And I would be like, what kind of smell are we talking about here? Like if you could describe it, what would, cause I know the smell you're talking about. It's like a, it's like a funk. It's like a hum between mm-hmm. like national park outhouse and death, right? It's one of those like pungent, what is that? That is so rich in my nose. I can't handle it. So Jimmy doesn't take his bottles in for months at a time and he drinks constantly. So he, and, and I've told him, I said, you gotta, you gotta take like your cans at the end of the night. Like when you wake up in the morning, if you drink six beer, seven beer, whatever, just rinse the cans out and shake them. Right. And he also, he drinks pop and other things too. But then he throws him in plastic garbage bags and keeps him in his in his storage closet. And they sit there for months until he can talk one of his buddies into going to the depot to take his bottles back. And sometimes when we go, like, it'll be, I've done it a few times with him. You'll go to his apartment and you'll fill the back of a truck up with, pl- like, plastic garbage bags of empties. Empties. Yeah, like we we did one run, and he had close to a hundred dollars in empties that just live in his apartment until because he doesn't drive, and you can't take bottles onto the public. I don't transit. think anybody appreciates like if you've never done a bottle drive for Cub Scouts or a hockey team, you don't appreciate how many bottles and cans it takes to get a hundred dollars back from taking your empties. Well, I'm an alcoholic. I know how long it takes me to get there, and 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 six so weeks. six weeks. A hundred bucks? No. When I go, I go probably three, four times a year, and I I can usually buy a case of beer by the you know after every run, right? Or two cases of beer. Yeah, that's better. That's better. That's at least you're being honest today, which I appreciate. So anyway, there is that smell when cans sit and the and and you don't clean them out, and mm-hmm. there's that yeah, rotting yeah. and that ferment. It's a tinge of that. There's a tinge of bathroom fermentation and mold. There's a tinge of bathroom smell because he does not clean his bathroom. And when Dean says, is this the guy that has foot marks in his? Yes. The tub is black except for the two spots like this big that he stumps in when he's standing in the shower in the morning. Okay. There's hair and dirt and like all along the yeah, like the outsides of the I'm walls done, done. and done. so it's that unclean uh, it is hard to explain i've tried to explain it to people because jimmy has a particularly funk a, a particular funk about him but he does maintain cleanliness bodily cleanliness so he, he, he cleans himself constant hum that's attached to him from the way he lives Yes, and, and it's attached clothes. to his clothes. His good, his clothes are not right. His clothes and because yeah. it lives in I there. Know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody so, knows so, that guy. so I spray his stuff with Febreze when he comes into the control room in the mornings, especially oh, if I've sure. spent any time in his apartment, because then I have this memory. And there's a chalkiness to the smell that sticks to your clothes. 
Like there's been days where chalky. It's a great word. It sticks to you. Like there's been days I've come home and I'll be like, and I'm triggered by bad smells. Yeah. I get angry when I smell something terrible. I don't know if you're like me. It's like, Oh my God, I get so angry. It makes me angry. And smelling a bad smell makes me physically angry. Like I've got a 20 year old that sometimes doesn't wear deodorant. He'll hop in the car after I pick him up at work. He'll get in and I'll go, no, no, get out. Not a chance. No, get out. B.O. Get out or, or put on some pit stick. You're not riding with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to, I used to, when I dropped Jimmy off at the house, when I used to drive him home, mm-hmm. I'd have a bottle of Febreze and I, he would get out and I would get out of the back. I'd grab it out of the back of the car and, psh, psh, and spray his seat when he got out. Does he not do laundry? He does his laundry, but you can't escape that smell. Oh, it just latches on on the way down. Yeah, brings it back it sticks in, latches to back onto his clothes. Yeah, I get it. I will go Especially home some sweater. days if I've spent too much time with him, and I'll take my clothes off yeah. in the front, like in the coat room. Like, so shut you the don't door. bring the stink in, and it attaches yeah. itself to your closet. Yeah, that's smart. I gear down into my underwear, and then I take my clothes and I put them in a plastic bag, and then I I go outside in my underwear and I dig a hole. And then I put my clothes in. All, it's a, he's an expensive friend. I put the clothes that I have that have that smell on them in the you hole. You got to get rid of them. You got to burn them. And then I put gasoline on it. Yeah. I, I light it on fire. Then I put lime on it. Then I bury it. Like I refill the hole. <laughs> That's a stinky little fella. And when, and when we have these conversations, he gets so mad. Of course he does, because you you like he's probably smells bad, probably knows it, and then you're sitting there hyperbolizing oh, no, no, no. the whole Dean. thing, saying I need to burn my clothes after you go to your house. Do you know by the way what you just described? I have a friend who's a pig farmer. No word of a lie. He's got two rooms before he goes into his house. First room is to get clothes. Second yeah. room is to get washed down before you go into the house, so the whole house doesn't smell like a pig farm. So what you're just you just described what pig farmers do when they go home. That's mm-hmm. what you do when you leave his house. That's disgusting. Yeah. And you know what? Like I've talked to his mom about it. I've talked to family members, like other family members. And he has been like, this is a thing that he established as a child. Like he was a awful, dirty animal at, at, as, as a child and never cleaned. They put him in the basement. (laughs) They did. His family made him live in the basement. You know, he slept when you're phoning his mom and you're both in your forties and fifties going, Hey, can you do something about your son's smell? And she would be like, Oh, you know, he's always been like that. Always smelled a little funny that Jimmy. But he is, you know what? He is self-conscious about it. Um, and he carries this backpack around with him. He has like deodorant he has a change of clothes. He has like wet ones. He's got a whole thing that if somebody does, because I we've had clients come right, like we got clients coming at nine, and I'll I'll smell him. He'll have a funk on him, and I'll go, Jimmy, you got it. Like we got the we got the guy that the guy that sponsors our shows coming in today. And right? you smell like you smell like a pig farmer. Yeah, and you smell like the back end of a of a donkey. Can you please go? And he'll like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he'll go, he well, at least he knows shirt out and right. He'll put new pit stick yeah, in good and for him. At least he knows he does. He, he is cautious of it. He no, just has problem. this inability to clean his home. I don't know what it is. I, 
I often thought I it was like when a super fat person, you ever see like my 600 pound sister, that kind of thing, or thousand pound twins. You ever see those shows or hoarders? I don't watch, those, shows. watch those. Oh, I do. I fucking love those shows. And what is it this- with my wife watches that stuff. Oh, She's one of the like, smartest people I know. You're you smart. Feel good. It makes you feel like you're on the right track. If you're not a 600 or thousand pound twin. Right. Or same with hoarders. You watch hoarders. You're do like- you watch, do you watch that show with the guy that lives in Vegas? It has like six wives and they all live on the same block or something. Yeah. Sister wives. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't watch that. I can't watch that right. because I'm like, I can't watch all that. that is, is like, to me, I, I have, that's one triggering. I would never have two to have five wives is like, I, you know, I've had one. I don't want any more. I never want another wife again. That guy's got five of them. I'm like, that's six. the biggest idiot on the planet. It's just like how many days, like you got to go every night of the week. You got to learn what five people did that week. You got to hear five different sets of grievances. And then you got to get yelled at five different times for not doing what you were supposed to do that day. So yeah, no, I'm yeah, I don't watch that show because it would give me nightmares. I can't, I can't have that. Show but I do it. watch Hoarders, and I do watch See, I My Six Hundred Pound Life. And the reason why these people don't bother cleaning, same reason why Jimmy's not cleaning. The reason why the six hundred pound woman is like, I'm good, is <laughs> because the idea of losing four hundred pounds is like, it's death. So Jimmy, like, they don't know where to start. Like, can I even go for a walk? Jimmy's like, where do I start cleaning? This is too big of a mountain to climb. That's why people don't do stuff. Dude, it's common sense. It's like taking a mountain, a handful of dirt from the earth. It's just not going to make a difference. So they don't even mm. fucking bother, right? So Jimmy's just going to be stinky Jimmy for the rest of his life. Yeah, he's, he's turning 50 this year, and this is not this is not a new situation. Maybe this I, is the I, year he gets the funk off. No, no, it's not. I, and I've given up. Like I used to berate them and everything like now I don't. Now I just I point out that like if somebody came to your home, Jimmy, and saw the way you live, they would call one of those numbers and say, you know, like we need a wellness check on this sticky yeah, little person. Three one one. Like yeah. yeah. I just spent a couple of minutes in a in a guy's apartment in downtown Edmonton that looks like it could be an apartment from pretty sure I don't there's know, a dead body nineteen fifty Russia. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's bad, eh? Yeah. That's yeah, a shame. As always, the Dean Blundell Show is brought to you by our friends at factcheck.io. Factcheck.io. Do you believe? The good people at FactCheck are a quorum of software professionals, psychological professionals, journalists that have been very busy building some software so that you can fact check anything that you read. It doesn't matter if it's got a URL, you'll be able to fact check it. Alternative sources, origins, whether or not it was an organic or inorganic campaign, whether or not you can trust the people that are putting out the information and alternative sources. And there's going to be a weapon button too, where you can turn that information around and put it back out there accurately to combat disinformation. The good people at factcheck.io are right now testing their beta version of their free program. Yes, it will be free for anybody who wants to use it. They want to battle disinformation because it is a problem. Go to factcheck.io today. F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K.io. F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K.io. The world's most robust fact-checking disinformation software for news, social media, video, print, anything spoken word. These people are on the tip and they use some of the finest software technology to be able to give you the advantage when it comes to getting agency back in your life, when it comes to information that you read. Go to factcheck.io today for more information. Sign up for the beta test, F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K dot I-O. 
The Dean Blundell Show is brought to you by FactCheck.io. FactCheck.io, makers of the world's most comprehensive fact-checking software that have been very busy building some software so that you can fact-check anything that you read. It doesn't matter. If it's got a URL, you'll be able to fact-check it. Alternative sources, origins, whether or not it was an organic or inorganic campaign, whether or not you can trust the people that are putting out the information so that you can give yourself agency over information in the age of disinformation. Again, want to beta test their product? They're going to launch it in the next month or two. Go to factcheck.io today. F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K.io. Back to the show. Well, I'm funny. happy he's okay. I'm happy that... Uh, I think that- he's okay. I just think he's just a slob. And I think that does exist. I think there are those people. I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. We're, like every day I, I clean something. Like we're constantly picking up and cleaning. Uh, here's a question I have for Did Because you know how... It, when you're really cold, like if you fart in a cold car that you get back in the next morning in the winter, it still smells because the cold really freezes in the stink. Um, did, did he smell worse during the deep freeze? Because you're in Alberta. You just went through like minus 46, minus 50. We did do a test because I a friend of mine told me that if you, in that kind of cold, because we had bad, bad cold. Yeah. We we tried, because he's also a gassy man. We tried to see if if his farts would show up on his pants. Because I guess if you fart in really extreme cold, you'll get like a little like mark on if you got a pair of dark pants. Yeah. So we sent him out in minus 40 that one morning and had him fart. But then the cam, his arms are really short and his camera, we couldn't see the back end. So it was a bit of a bad experiment. <laughs> Didn't work. He's got T-Rex arms because he's a little yeah. person. Yeah. Can't get the camera all the way back to his <laughs> So all we saw was the top of his belt. Did you he was out there for a couple minutes and and dropped? He said he had to push one out because he wasn't completely didn't have one in the chamber. Right, and he almost crapped his pants. And I'm like, well, that, that was showing up. That happens when you're trying to do a performance fart. Sometimes you shit your pants. Um, let me let me ask you something. Did uh, did you conserve your energy in Alberta this weekend? Because you, you got the big warning from the government saying on Saturday night, your EVs, everybody don't use them. And by the way, shut off all your power, cook with a Bunsen burner, do that for us. And we're going to save the province of Alberta. Do you guys get the emergency alerts on your phone? But they're Amber alerts. We have energy. That's not five times the energy of every other province. Plus our grid's pretty important to the rest of the country, right? Because we're in Ontario. So yeah, we don't get any of those alerts because we've got, a slightly better That's government than yours. First time that I've ever seen that. And I was actually kind of surprised. And I guess um, there was a shortage and there was, we, we get, we get warnings, just not on our phone, like in the summer when it's like plus 30 and um, everyone's like pumping their air conditioners there. They'll like have stories in the news where, Hey, we're, we're, you know, the grid could crash, blah, 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 you know, turn your air conditioner off tonight at, you know, four o'clock or something, Yeah. but I've never seen it where they sent it to the phone. So this was, I think a first attempt, it was Saturday night. It was around dinner time. So we went around and did, I think what a lot of people did. Um, it's not like we were running the dishwasher or planning on doing a load of laundry at the time, but we flipped all the lights off that didn't need to be on like the outside lights and things like that. And then, um, it, it, I mean, the irony of the conversation is we're getting pushed to, to, you know, to be more, uh, you know, 
friendlier and and conserve energy yet it, it seems like we can't handle any kind of extreme situation in this province it's it, this happens in the summer this happens in the winter and it's almost every year again it was the first time i'd ever seen i didn't know that so you get you get like warnings in the summer to conserve electricity when and half for AT years is, yeah okay i didn't know that yeah and um and and again it's always and i i saw a video this guy this kid did this video and I, and and I put it out on Sunday. It's up on my Twitter if you want to go look at it. It's about a 2 minute explanation and a pretty balanced one at that. And I thought it was interesting because when I watched it, he kind of broke down why we have these issues and then alluded to the fact that it could be a government slash big business conspiracy that when you present the idea that we're being shortchanged by energy, mm -hmm. That um, all they're doing is uh, it's just a scare tactic, and then it allows them to actually charge us more for the energy that we are consuming. So he had a whole breakdown on it. Now I I've never done enough research on it to completely understand it, but I know that there is a couple of uh, there's been conversations in the last five six years about how we purchase our energy. And and I don't quite get it. Like I guess there's this there's a there's an energy thing and a capacity thing, and we do the we do the one thing we don't do the capacity thing. And yeah, the you NDP, do the bare minimum, right? So so what happens in Alberta is you only produce what they think that you're going to use, and then that's they take right. everything over that and they sell it at a premium to other provinces, states, people that need it, and so that keeps prices high. So you pay four times what we pay per kilowatt hour because of that. Because our, Alberta has been able to keep the energy prices super high, forcing you to pay incredible fees that you shouldn't have to pay, delivery yes. fees you shouldn't have to pay, all that other shit. Like a friend so of mine, they were saying their bill that was that, like 24 bucks and for the energy they used and the bill after taxes, after this, after delivery fees, service fees, after premium rates was $168. But they only used $24 worth of energy which is fucking hilarious. But yeah, that's yes. why is because you have a full grid, but they sell anything else to other people and they only keep what they need and they don't overproduce. Right. Cause that's how so they then demand. When we, yeah. And, and, and so the other thing they've done is they've shut off all the new renewable energy. Sources. I have the video. You want me to play the video? Oh yeah. You can play it. I, I yeah, wish yeah. I would have given the kid credit. Cause that, that tweet went nuts. Yeah, I, it's huge. It's huge. And I just and it said, into the conspiracy theory that they may have Enroned the province of Alberta, right? They may have. And said, I totally hey. believe that. And I think a lot of people do. And the interesting thing about it before you play it, yeah. Like I got I got 500 retweets on that, hundreds of messages on it, and, and the conversation was going on for like two days. Flurry hit you up on that too. Well, and think? that's the point I wanted to make. The guy that produced the video, from what I know, what I've been told about him, and I I wish I remembered his name. It might it might show up when we play it, but he's very left wing, right? And he yeah. does stuff like this. He presents stuff on Twitter, on social media, on his TikTok that explains these kind of things. This is this is not uncommon for him. Yeah. And then so he's kind of left, leans left, and then Theo, who is like as far right as you can so get. So far right, he's left. Yeah. So. <laughs> This theory, this this theory that the government's screwing you, kind of br brought us all together. 
it, over the last week. It really did. It brought Theo to retweet you. You couldn't believe it. You texted me. Let's watch this guy's video together. I'm like, Great Theo, explainer. I got a retweet from Theo Fleury. And you're like, he's blocked me. Can you send it to me? So I <laughs> did. Anyway, here's the video. Watch and learn. As extreme cold conditions continue across Canada, Steve is experiencing some of the consequences. Specifically, they had to issue a province-wide emergency alert. Why? Because they were out of electricity. High power demand put the Alberta grid at risk of shutdown. And as a result, they put out an emergency alert asking people to reduce their consumption. And the alert worked. Consumption dropped significantly over the next couple of hours. And the Alberta grid was able to avoid rolling blackouts. But there's a couple of important things to discuss here. So predictably, Danielle Smith posted about it, making it look like there was nothing she could have possibly done about this. But I'm not sure that's the case. We'll get there in a second. But first... There's also the issue of how this places the burden almost entirely on individual people. And you know who didn't shut their lights off? Roger's Place, along with basically all of downtown Calgary. And the casinos stayed open too. Like Individuals were asked to turn off their space heaters, but businesses kept running. And that'll tell you everything you need to know. But there's more here. So this was two days ago, when Alberta's energy regulator reported that they had more than 400 megawatts of additional supply available basically everywhere. They claimed the supply was just fine. But then, very strangely, a number of natural gas plants went offline. Ten natural gas plants currently are not producing. Now, some of those are under repair or construction, but at least two were shut down. Probably unrelated, but Alberta also has floating electrical prices, so when demand is high, so is cost. Which means that if you restrict supply, you can run up the price. Hmm. Probably unrelated to these massive price spikes, too. This isn't the last time that this issue is going to happen. Alberta has the most privatized electrical system in Canada, and this is the consequence. These outages did not happen because of renewables. The disruptions to renewables due to extreme cold weather are predictable, and we're prepared for them. There's surplus capacity for those cases. The reason why this happened is because the gas got turned off, and Albertans need to be asking why, and why they had to turn off their lights when big businesses didn't. There's larger issues here, folks. There you go. I there will go. say so that little conspiracy will... theory because he's like inexplicably got shut off. We had Max Fawcett on the show yesterday with Adler and he's like, it needs explaining, right? Like it needs explaining why those things just went offline. Like you lost 300 kilowatt hours for no reason. No one's saying why, but you guys like were literally warned to shut. Like the entire city was open. Casinos open. West Edmonton Mall open. Lit the ledge. Fucking Christmas tree. And then the, the, the legislature. Uh, Calgary, same thing. And they're they're literally downloading all the responsibility of that fear porn onto you yeah. without any information, the loss of natural gas, the loss of the ability to actually uh, put the grid on on proper footing. And they're like, hey, listen, we're not part of this. Let's make them do it. That had to piss you off, right? When they're telling well, you to fucking cook your dinner in a microwave. Mm, yeah, well... The one thing I will say, um, there's well, there's two things. One, and 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 I don't know if this is an explanation, Dean, but um, a couple of people that work in the sector were on, and I was trying to follow with that tweet. Like I sent that out Sunday after a friend of mine said it, yeah. sent it to me, and I said, "Hey, anybody want to weigh in on this?" I'm not an expert in this and I don't know how, like, I don't know the difference between what we do and capacity. Um, like this, this idea that the NDP wanted to do, which was like something called capacity energy or something like that. 
I don't know the difference. You can get into the weeds on it, mm-hmm. but there was a couple of people that suggested that, listen, when you get minus 30, minus 40, and things just don't work well. So those plants may have gone off because of the extreme cold. Yeah, may have. Yeah. And and I and and listen, why I'm not we tr- say that then. Like, tell us why. No you know, one you did. Guys have no epistemology about why you almost froze to death in the fucking energy rich province of Alberta this weekend. Well, that's the other irony of it. Like you'd think, and the other thing too that was kind of there was a video of a guy that said, "All right, you're making me turn off my all my electricity." So I'm going to help you out. And I don't know if you've seen the video, but there was this kid that went out and unplugged all the Christmas trees, the Christmas tree lights at the ledge. <laughs> he, got, he went a little bit viral for that. The Good thing at the, at the end of the day, here's, here's my issue with it is when stuff like this comes up, it's never a common sense conversation. It's never, well, it was minus 40. The plants don't work properly. We had to blah, blah, blah. Or we did, or we we wholesale electricity th- because of these reasons. It's never that. No. It's always Justin Trudeau made us turn our coal plants off. Like, oh, come on. Like, are we gonna? Like, it gets that that that's the oh, response. You're starting it gets. to see it. You're starting to see the uh, the ability to take some, their own failure and point it at Ottawa. You're starting, to but see no, everybody does this, Dean. Everyone right. has somebody to blame. Oh, it was. It was Rachel Nutley's fault. She did this, or you know what I mean? Like it's just it's if it so wasn't ridiculous. That government and this government before us, and the five governments before that, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah drives yeah. me insane. So then, uh, when you try to negotiate the waters and figure something out, you got to sift through all of these things. Like if you go look at all the comments on that post that I made of that video on the weekend, um, it goes back and forth. And at the end of the day, I I, I just walked away, and I know less now than I thought than. You know, in an attempt to try to learn what might have happened. And yes, maybe there is a conspiracy theory. Oh, dude, you know what people do, though, is they reply bomb things like that to try to curate a better narrative, right? So you put out something like that that goes viral. You're going to get everybody in there trying to convince everybody that's reading the replies, according to you, just asking the normal question, that this is the reality. The reality mm-hmm. is it's Trudeau's fault. The reality is we don't have enough wind and solar. The reality is this and that. It's like that you just you got caught in like a viral vortex of people trying to literally commandeer you asking a normal fucking question. Welcome to yeah. the internet, right? Do you believe that the government is doing yeah. this and that that you know that there's a potential that we're being screwed, which I kind of I'm leaning towards, but I don't know the truth. So anyway, um it's happening with me right now with because I've been talking about buying a new car. Yeah. It, the the Subaru's it's it's clicking out and I and and the wife wants a new car. So we've been shopping and I go back and forth whether or not we should get a hybrid or a gas or an electric or a, so and every time I have the conversation it I get bombarded with information from listeners and people online that that have very strong opinions about um electric versus gas or the other way around. And uh so I'm literally pinballing back and forth from I and actually I made one comment last week where I was like last summer we went to BC and we pulled a little trailer that we have we bought this little trailer my wife and I and we drove to Vancouver and back and the gas was like $1,500 for a two-week trip like we could have flown there 
I'm like, maybe I'm exploring the possibility of an electric vehicle. And immediately I had like six people send me um, information about how that electric, like the cost of the electricity for that trip would have been more. And I'm like, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. Well, the problem is that you're listening to people online, dude. Everybody. I know. Wants, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you just got to do what you want to do. You got to cut. I did find. I did find one on the toilet, like the rest of the fucking uh, anti-vaxxer crew did. You got to do that with a car. You need toilet research in your life. Yeah. So now I'm like, again, I'm back and forth on whether or not, and and we're going to continue to shop. But the one article that I did see recently, and I know you're, you're looking at uh, the cost of, of uh, you're looking at jumping into the new vehicle world Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And the one article that I did see broke down reliability of makes and models and um and talked about like the top five most reliable vehicles that are on the market right now the top five most unreliable vehicles right now and it wasn't they weren't trying to sell anything um but then they got they broke down gas versus electric versus hybrids and they did break down the fact that if you do run into problems with an electric vehicle and they are they are unreliable right now because the technology is fairly new. Super new. Yeah. The cost of repairing them can be substantial. Astronomical. So there was that concern. And this yeah. and 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 again, it didn't get into the batteries, right? Like yeah. it didn't get into how much the batteries cost. And it didn't say that your battery is gonna last a year and then you're gonna your car is gonna be shit. And they, they there was none of that. Like you get a little bit of that vitriol in 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 Alberta when you talk about you know, electric versus, you know, not electric. So I'm kind of back on the, you know what, in 10 years, we're all going to have to be driving. Like we might not be able to buy an electric vehicle. Yeah. Maybe I'll get one last gas one. And it's kind of like I do it with phones. I don't go buy the new iPhone 15. No. Because it might be a little buggy. 14 until the 16 comes out. Then you get the 15. Same thing. You never get the new model year or anything. And and that's kind of where I'm leaning right now with electric vehicles. Gas vehicles, maybe the gas will continue to bankrupt me, but I won't be bankrupt by, you know, the windshield wipers not working and that costing me nine grand, right? (laughs) Oh yeah, dude. It, it, that's the thing. Everything is so expensive to fix on those drivetrain, rack and pinion, anything that you need is electrical, right? It's all connected, mm-hmm. interconnected. So when you take one part out, you got to put five parts back in because they all come with interconnected parts. That's the but problem. That'll that come down. With... Yeah. That's what they say. It's like I bought bullshit. a TV. I remember I bought a TV one, one, uh, one Christmas. I bought a boxing day and I bought this like 50 inch TV. All happy about it. And, uh, and I don't, I don't remember what we paid. It was like, it was like 1200 bucks or, you know, at the time I remembered. Yeah. Now you can get them for 99 bucks. I, I the same TV the next year was like less than half. And I'm like, I got robbed. I even bought this on boxing day. <laughs> yeah. You remember when plasmas were like 30 grand for like a 30 inch plasma screen TV. Now you can get one literally for $99 at home Depot, like literally walk into Costco and you can get a 75 inch high sense for like 80 bucks. No, yeah. they're not that well, cheap. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm exaggerating. You're exaggerating, but yeah, but they're ridiculously cheap now. Biggest problem that you had this weekend in Alberta was almost freezing to death. Biggest problem we had in No Fun City here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. They banned tobogganing. Are people, like, I'm not there. Yeah. When, when I saw that story, I was like, this is going to upset people. To be fair, it was 45 hills that they shut down. Correct. 
And did they shut it down because someone died or something? No, like what no, was the people are fucking having too much fun? Let me read you the story. Uh, residents speaking out about the impact of tobogganing bans on 45 hills across Canada. This is from City News. East Lynn Park doesn't mean anything to you. It was one of the parks that was assessed. The process deemed the park was unsafe due to several permanent obstacles. Nearby residents say tobogganing on this hill has been popular for decades. They said that hay bales and fences usually put up to make it easier. Jack, a neighborhood resident, uh, said he and his friends spend all day on the hill during the winter. Normally, he said, we have two or three ramps built. We'll stay here from nine in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. We'll just stay here all day long. Have fun. He was upset to see the city put a ban in place, but he said he wouldn't affect whether he used the hill. He said it could be why it'd be dangerous. There are a lot of trees and stuff, but I feel like if they can cover them with hay bales or whatever they've been doing for the past 18 years, I've been living here, said Jack. He should be allowed to. I totally agree. 45 out of the 80 hills that we have in, this, in Toronto that are licensed for tobogganing, were shut down on the weekend. They're like, nah, there's too much danger. Do you remember tobogganing as a child? Oh, absolutely. Do you, do you remember the the injuries? Do you, do you remember yep. the concussions, mm -hmm. the yard sales, the things you'd run over that would hurt you, cut you, open you up? Yeah. And you'd get home and you'd be like, what a fucking great day at tobogganing. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you remember like building ramps so you intentionally yep. tried to break your tailbone? Yep. Do you remember that? Yep. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we've progressed. Maybe this is the cigarette conversation all over again. Maybe tobogganing has been incredibly dangerous for all this time that we've been tobogganing. Oh, it I has. don't know. But we saw constant injuries. Literally. Oh, I know, <laughs> dude. You celebrated those injuries when you were a kid. I remember getting concussed, hitting my head on my buddy Colin's nose, breaking his nose, and him going, bleeding profusely, going, just two more runs. And his nose is like off to the left. I go, dude, your nose is broken. He goes, I know, but it's going to be broken for the rest of the day. So let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Yeah, let's just do it. And that is how I grew up. Now, Toronto is no fun city. This leans into another topic of conversation. Since 1978, in certain neighborhoods in this beautiful city of ours, ball hockey's been banned. Now, that That's just became news for some people because in 2016, the city of Toronto lifted a road hockey ban in some of the poorer areas, but the road hockey ban comes with a basketball bouncing ban, comes with an activity ban in Toronto's richest neighborhoods, Rosedale, Forest Hill, etc. So it's a noise violation in certain neighborhoods. The bylaws exist just in the city of Toronto nowhere else in the country. And it's one of the quiet rules. We have literally become the biggest pussy city in the entire country. And well, when, when I saw I the toboggan looked, thing, Oh, I, it, it's international there was, they started bringing up that then you can't, you can't play road hockey. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's a fucking thing. Like it, it's international news. I was reading this for like, they got a lot of shit going on in Ukraine. Right. Yeah. I read an article in the Kiev independent, yesterday about this it's like holy shit ukrainians are being bombarded by drones and bombs there's and still like, a story how about how unfair is it in toronto nobody can fucking use a toboggan <laughs> it's embarrassing i think toronto should be embarrassed by this oh, we are yeah it, it's it's awful it's not i got one quick tobogganing story so i went to school with with uh with the marfleet family they lived in yak yeah, they owned the um, the the fruit stand and the restaurant and the gas station at the corner before you head into Creston on that main highway south from Cranbrook. 
Yeah. And uh, a lot of people who've been there, you could stop, you could get fireworks, you get an ice cream cone, you could get, you know, a basket of cherries or whatever. And you could stop and you could have the big yak attack burger at the restaurant. Everybody wants when they're running through yak BC is a bunch of yeah. fireworks and a slurpee. Anyway, so that family, the Marfleet family, had uh, two boys, Shane and Landon, and I can't remember their sister's name. Uh, she was in the middle, and Landon was close. Yeah, we to don't my need age. the genealogy of the family, dude. It's no, okay. but anyway, that that family was crazy, and and Landon, we were tobogganing on a hill, um, not far from the uh, from the whatchamacallit, from from where they they that from the business they owned, and he had a stick jam up right in his thigh like it went right in right here yeah, yeah. like not thigh sorry calf yeah and um he kind of just did one of these you know like i better go home i i got an injury right but he before he did because it was through his snow pants before he did i remember he showed us and there was blood and we're like dude you better go home like that's not good but he kind of took the stick and kind of yanked it out and about three weeks later, he was on the bus and he goes, you know that, you know that injury I got tobogganing? And we're like, yeah, yeah. He goes, man, I got to show you guys. Let me know if you think there's something wrong here. So we pulled his pants up. Hold on. My mic just came out. I'm getting all excited. He pulled his pants up to his knee and he's got, he's leaning like this on the bus yeah, I'll remember this till the day I die. And it's really red and it looks infected. And he's like, it's really bothering me. <laughs> and I, somebody said, oh man, Len, don't touch it. Don't mess with it. Like you probably need to like clean it out or something. And he's like, he's picking at the scab. And then he, he picked it just enough to open the scab up and pus shot out. Oh. <sighs> about a foot and we all started screaming <laughs> i don't know why but the tobogganing always reminds me of that that pus injury story i had to well, share that with you in toronto and it was like story. yellow it was like greenish yellow and it like yeah it looks like custard looks like portuguese custard tart like the filling for a portuguese custard tart yeah which I, I don't know to this day. I don't know what's talk. what happened to Landon. Yeah, I don't. You don't look too concerned. You don't look like you care too much. <laughs> None of those Marfleets. Their story didn't end well. We don't no, need to I'm get sure, into it. I'm sure it didn't. Um, last thing I want to cover with you before I let you go. Back to my things. Right. Can I say one thing? thing? Can sure. I say one thing about the sure. tobogganing and the and the, and yeah, the basketball yeah, yeah, yeah. band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. You got to get out that last tobogganing point. Go ahead. If you are living in Toronto right now and you're listening and you've got kids, I would go out of my way every day to do one of these activities just to be a dick, honestly, and fight those tickets. Is that wrong to say? I mean, we're asking people to do something illegal, but you got to send a message. Platform to encourage illegal activity. But um, yeah, I I don't think it's illegal (laughs) when it's a bylaw. Dude, like look at what people are doing. This is this is at one of the hills that we were talking about. Protest. Look at this video. It's or look at this picture. It's fucking unbelievable. Oh, here it is. Um, people are just taking this like no tobogganing signs out of the ground. Oh, good. Good. Like, they're good. literally going to the expense of putting up signs saying, Don't toboggan here. It's too dangerous. You won't like it. You're gonna run I'm into I'm applauding things. that. 
and Donald Smith and Randy Jordan both live in that neighborhood. They were born 60 years ago. These are 60-year-old guys that love tobogganing still. On Monday, they took two of the four signs indicating the closure of tobogganing up the hill. They ripped them right out of the ground and said, ah, fuck, let's toboggan. Injuries for everybody. I like that. You know what? People Somebody needs to back. gather all like those signs. State. Somebody needs to gather all those signs and make a toboggan out of it. <laughs> The world's coolest toboggan. Um, and and speaking of PSAs, I love your PSA telling people just to keep tobogganing. Um, here's my PSA going back to what I wanted to talk about, which is urinal etiquette. Because mm -hmm. I have a story to tell you that's disconcerting. You and, and I, I might disagree thing. on this. I got a bathroom thing. I've got a urinal thing. Mm -hmm. I go to a public bathroom in the airport, went and picked someone up at the airport. Now, I'm a big fan of going in. I'm not a curb picker-upper. You know, when you pick someone up at the airport and you're like, hey, I'm just going to wheel around. You're going to come out. This is where I'll be. I can't do that to people I like, right? I can do it to people that I don't. Or I like, do that to my whole family. I'm going to yeah. be, you call me when you land and I'll swing by and I'm going to be doing about 50K. You're going to have to make it into the vehicle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to be parked on the side of the road. I'll I'm not paying trunk, for parking. Yeah. Throw your bag in. <laughs> So I go to the airport. No, I can't do that to this person. So I go to the airport, pick, pick this person up. As I'm waiting for this person in the luggage area, I'm like, I got to pee. Now I can't do anything. If I've got one in the chamber or if I have to pee. So I'm always very proactive about that. Like I get really anxious if I've got to poop, I get even more anxious if I have to pee, I'm looking for an exit all the time. It's just, that's another one of my things. So I go into the public bathroom. Now this is Pearson airport's beautiful. Arrivals, brand new bathrooms, massive bank of urinals, 12 of them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Nobody using any of the urinals. Being a urinal etiquette guy, I go to the very end urinal, right? Okay. Because I'm Is like, that what you're supposed to do? You're if Absolutely. You're supposed okay. to leave distance between go to you the end urinal. and another peer. Yeah, you have to. So I go to the very end urinal because no one's going to be on my right because there's no urinal there. Urinal, all the other urinals on my left, 11 of them, no one there. Out of nowhere, someone comes as I'm mid pee, sidle up right next to me with 10 other empty open urinal spots. Okay. They come right next to me, right next to me, right next to me, touching my arm. Guy touched my arm with his arm as he was holding his pecker. He was like trying to do the double Dutch rudder, not interested. He then works up a big loogie, horks it into with a piece of gum that he spits into the urinal. Then he works up a loogie, horks it into the actual urinal, right on top of the urinal cake, right next to the piece of dentine that he just spit into the actual urinal, on top of a bunch of international pubes. You know, like when you go to a urinal and you see the three-inch long pube, four-inch long pube, and you're like, how the fuck does someone have pubes that long still? It's, it's a party sometimes pubes. in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pube party. Yeah. And... I was fucking mortified, like mortified. I started to panic. I got the full flop sweat. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why is this guy standing next to me? Why is he so disgusting? Did he say anything to you? Did he? Not a word. I was expecting a little bit of, because this has happened before, right? Eaton Center bathroom 15 years ago, bunch of urinals, all of them open. Guy comes up, stands next to me, and he's like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I don't like that. Took a shine. He took like it. Uh, so I pinched it in that instance, pinched it, went to the other end, finished my pee and hung on. I did the same. I'm midstream as this guy's horking and trying to pee. You can stop a pee. Dude, I pinched it. <clears throat> Absolutely. I pinched it. I would just back up. It might be like hurt. a sprinkler. Oh, I, no, once no, I'm no, going, I can't stop. I gave it the full pinch. 
it immediately started to sting. I didn't care because if you pinch it, it stings. And I went to the other end on the far left, finished what little pee I had to finish and was physically angry, like physically yeah. pissed off at this guy. So okay. I go over to the sink. I start washing my hands. He comes over and starts like 10 sinks, eight, nine of them are open. I'm using the only one. He does it again. He stands right next to me and he starts washing his hands. And out of my mouth comes, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. <laughs> dude. You serious. did. You said something. Yeah. And then I turned around and walked out, went back to pick up the person at the airport. I couldn't talk for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. This person's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about <laughs> it. Like, what, do you, what do you mean you can't talk about it? I'm like, I can't talk about it. So finally get to where we're going. And this person's like, well, what was pissing you off that whole time? I'm like, I explained it to him. And they're like, so I'm like, what do you mean? So what do you mean? So this is urinal etiquette. This person's a female, so she doesn't understand urinal etiquette. It's so simple. Let me put up a graphic so everybody can understand what you can do and what you can't do. There are do's mm -hmm. and don'ts of public urinals. Always leave a urinal open. Like you see in, in, in diagram like number, number one, four. right? You got the two guys, empty urinal. If there's an empty urinal, next to a guy and there's an empty urinal next to that empty urinal don't use the one next to the guy like in number two here and whatever you do this is another real super important thing don't drop your pants like you're a two-year-old learning how to pee like a big boy like the gentleman in picture number three that's a no-no picture number four i mean you know if you have to go and there's no stall you can take a dump in a urinal for sure but you're not supposed to that's a don't uh, being into somebody's on your buddy. That's a don't. And then of course, doing up your zipper. When you leave the urinal, you do up your zipper at the urinal. All, know all these things. I just didn't that know way. that Here's there was rule. just a quick rule. Stared straight ahead, dead ahead. Don't I look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't talk okay. to people. Shut the fuck up. And another thing, and I want to point this out for everybody. There's going to be a little person from another country that's going to have to come into that bathroom and take the dentine out and wash the loogies and pull out all 12,000 pubes from that yeah, don't pube do, mat yeah. at the bottom of the urinal. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't hork. Don't put dentine in there. Just yeah. pee, flush, and leave. That's all you have to do. That's it. Super simple. Yeah. Don't look at people. Shut the fuck up. Take an open urinal. Leave an open urinal if you can. Go right to the end. And the other thing yeah. is don't talk to anybody when you're peeing. Ever. I'm always surprised at the communication in the um, at concerts and stuff. Like It's like a party in there sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like it's busy and there's a lineup and everybody's using them and it's like, ah, it's like it there's, and it's not everybody, but generally speaking, I'm kind of that, that down to business head down guy. Although I will say this, I don't know if this is against your rule. If I'm in the, if I'm in the stall taking a dump, cause we got a bathroom situation at work where we got the, 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 the shitter with the walls around it next to the urinal. So if you're in there and somebody just says to pee, I will sometimes, I mean, depending on gait and shoes, right? And how people move, I might know it's somebody. Like, I might know that it's somebody I know from that floor. And I might have a conversation with them while I'm on the shitter. Why? No. <laughs> Why do you do that? 
That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. <laughs> I don't want to talk to somebody when they're doing I'm, their I'm a multitasker. Nah, no, like, you're, I can no, get you something done. Making people uncomfortable. Uh, there's a little bit of that. <laughs> Reach under the stall, show them your fingers, wave to them. Hey, how you doing? One of those? Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Please. Yeah. Please don't do that. And I'm really happy that we got to get the uh, urinal etiquette out of the way because I tried to talk about it. With you that. were really bothered by this. I know I've been bothered by you it. Sent me a note. Yeah. You sent me a note when it happened. I, I got PTSD from it. <laughs> I didn't know what his intentions were. I was like, I think, you know what here. I think? I've been trying to think that the whole time you've been telling, you were telling that story. Maybe this individual is a little bit lonely and thought that he would make a friend. Yeah, no. In the bathroom. And the only reason I think that is because there was an attempt. Go into a public bathroom and make friends. He brushed up against you incidental, when he when he went to the urinal yeah. and then follows you to the sink as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And stands next to you and doesn't give you any space None. in the sink. Maybe he thought he would, you know. We're pals. Yeah. New city, new friend. Maybe he wanted to hang. Yeah, I made it very clear I didn't want to be his friend. When I looked at him, and when said, you Jesus told him, "Fucking Christ, dude, what are you doing?" <laughs> if he looked, at me, if he looked, at me, if he lost. turned and looked at me in that moment, and I'm a very empathetic person, if he turned and looked at me at that moment and said, "Hey, listen, I'm new here. I just want to be your friend," I would have said, "Well, you lost the opportunity, and I'm a great guy, but what you just did here really upset me." That's what I would have said. I could have been your best friend, but you just turned me right off with your whole urinal game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad we got it out. Do you feel better? I do now. Sometimes you just need to talk about these things. I, I did. I needed to talk about that. Today. Glad we could. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you being here. Uh, stay warm. Not a problem. Uh, it's not as cold. It, it's funny how when you get when you when you're sitting there in minus thirty, minus thirty five with a wind chill, it feels like minus forty plus. Yeah. And then it's minus. I went. I took the dog for a walk yesterday, and it was like minus eighteen or something like that, with the wind chill maybe minus twenty two. And which it was like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> what you appreciate? It's minus sixteen here this morning. I almost died going outside. Well, and it's. It, I will say this. Like, I mean, people know this. If you've lived in different parts of the country, cold. It, it's kind of. It's a little hard to compare. Because minus 20 here is not that bad. It's cold. And listen, I, I don't love it. But minus 20 is not that bad. If it stayed around minus 15 for the whole winter, I'd be I'd be pleased as punch here in Edmonton. Minus 30 hurts. It's just, it's, it's so things like your car doesn't like, literally your car feels like it's rolling on square tires. It's awful. Anything past minus 30 is just horrible. Things don't work properly. Like I went to fill up with gas when it was minus 35 or something, and the gas pump wouldn't work. It's just crazy. Um, but when I lived in Vancouver, man, minus like two or three in Vancouver was painful. Mm. And and a couple of times I've been to Toronto. It's a in wet the winter. cold. That's why it's a bone it, it wet cold. Hurts. It's dry cold. It only gets your skin. It's bone numbing when it's wet, cold. When it's a humid cold, it gets fucked. It gets into yeah. you, and and yeah, and and it, it's hard. It's hard on you. Um, that that minus sixteen in Toronto must be like unbearable. Yeah, it's like minus right a thousand. Might as well be because it never yeah. gets that cold here. We don't even get winter. Brutal. Like when you when I see minus fifty, 
in Edmonton, Jasper, like at night, minus 50 with the wind chill, minus 56. Hold on. I was supposed to go to uh, Jasper on the weekend. And you didn't go. And we didn't go because we had some we had some shit happen last on the weekend. Um, so we canceled the trip. But but part of the reason was we didn't want to drive there in minus 40. Oh, and man. and then we, we got a note on Friday before we were supposed to go because it was Jasper in January. It was a media event that I got invited to, and they were letting us ski and – there's a couple of functions and stuff. So we were going to go do that for the weekend. Um, but they, they sent us a note on like Thursday night, Friday morning and said, we're canceling the skiing because the hills closed. It was so cold in Jasper on the weekend. They shut Marmot down. But that's insane. Yeah, dude. And that happened nuts. once in a blue moon. Nuts. And, yeah. and, and you know, when you go out there, it's like minus 30 is no big deal to a skier who's bundled up, right? Minus yep. 40, minus 50, it becomes a much bigger deal. You can't, it's not safe no. for you to be like your, your staff to be manning the, um, the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the ski lifts no. and stuff like that. No, you can't you have anyway. Glad yeah, you're back. Crazy. Glad you're safe. Glad you're warm. Good to see you. Lachlan Cross at Lachlan Cross on Twitter is where you can find him. Uh, he's the morning show host at nine, five, seven cruise FM in Edmonton cruisefm.ca is where you can find him as well. Thanks buddy. Good to see you. Lachlan is gone. That is it for us. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Uh, I want to thank everybody as well before we go for donating and sharing our GoFundMe obviously being sued by Canada Proud, which is a uh, political agency that is contracted to Pierre Polyev and certain conservative interests is scary. We didn't think we'd find ourselves here, but I want to remind everybody that our GoFundMe uh, can be found on our Twitter feed at its Dean Blundell. If you could share it, if you could donate, if you could somehow support us through this, we'd greatly appreciate it that, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds, almost a thousand people have donated now. Um, hundreds of thousands of people have shared the link. Uh, because everybody's tired of misinformation. We're really grateful that you have. Uh, and because of that, it's given us the ability to fight back for all Canadians. So uh, I want to remind everybody that you can find us at Cryer Media. You can also find our GoFundMe on my Twitter feed, at its Dean Blundell. Uh, that is for our legal defense. We're also building out an ecosystem to help people identify misinformation, disinformation, and we're changing the, and pivoting the course of what we do here at Cryer Media. Uh, and I'm really proud to be part of a group, a company that actually believes in, in legitimate information. Hey, listen, sometimes we get it wrong, uh, but most times we try not to. We're accountable for our content. Uh, and there are people out there that aren't, that have confused a lot of Canadians. So we're fighting for Canadians, partnering with Canadians. If you could go to our GoFundMe, uh, to help fight Canada proud. If you go ahead and Google that, that'd be great. Google my name and go find me. You can figure it out from there or else just go to my Twitter feed at it's Dean Blundell. Also, thanks to our partners for making this possible. Cantorque, brand new website. These guys manufacture and calibrate and fabricate the greatest torque wrenches on the planet. Rugged, hardworking, unparalleled expertise, reliability you can trust. All your solutions under one roof for torque wrenches. If you got a bolting solution in heavy machinery, nuclear, railroad, forestry, uh, and you're looking for a bolting solution, can't find one, these guys do it for industry, heavy industry around the world, and they'll do it for you right here in Canada. Edmonton, Alberta is where they're located, proudly Canadian. They put a little maple leaf on every single thing that they create uh, because they're proud to have Canadian know-how and expertise to be able to offer solutions for the bolting industry. Torque wrenches, unparalleled. Go to Cantork.com, talk to Colin today, become a distributor as well. Go to Cantork.com today. Also, our friends, ladies at Muse on the Mic, great new podcast about the body rub parlor industry, sex advocates, sex work advocates. Emily and Riley have a podcast to take you through the industry where they talk about all things body rub, all things sex work, and they educate you as they do it as well. So Muse on the Mic is the name of the podcast. You can find it at Cryer Media. You can also get it anywhere you get your fine podcast, Muse Massage Spa, 
for more details, musemassagespa.com, and uh, you can call them, 416-739-6668. Love the three sixes there. <laughs> www.musemassagespa.com. Also, don't forget, we're brought to you by Gitch, Canada's number one luxury boxer brief pouch in the front, engineered for any level of performance as well as everyday life. Buy three, get one free. Use promo code GITCH3 at checkout, 15% off when you give them your email address. That's on your entire order as well. They do not spam. They've got a massive selection of not just clothes for boys and men. They've got an incredible selection of the greatest underwear to hit the luxury boxer brief market ever. And I guarantee it. I'm a massive fan of luxury boxer briefs, and I mean that. Uh, These guys perfected the game. They changed it. GITCH. Gitch3 is your promo code. You can only find them at edsfineimports.com. And that promo code will get you a free pair when you order three or more, and I'll get credit for it. So I really appreciate your help. Make sure you do that. Luxury branded boxer briefs, Canadian made for Canadians, bigger pouches, bigger packages, engineered for any level of performance. Gitch3 is your promo code, edsfineimports.com. Be safe, everybody. Stay warm. Don't forget, leave a gap at the urinal. Thanks for joining us today. Always appreciate you spending time with us. We'll be back tomorrow right here. And you can find us wherever you get your fine podcasts. Don't forget to rate, subscribe our podcast at YouTube, YouTube, Dean Blundell Show, YouTube, Cryer Media, and anywhere you get your fine podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.